0: Greetings, I am Artenen from YLARP. This is Tavern Talk Season 2, Episode 1. Joining me today is Odin. Hi, greetings. And we're going to be talking about some of the gameplay that we've experienced early on in this season, as well as some of the developments we've been uh, making progress on, I guess you could say. And then also some of the things to look forward to as we roll along in the season. Uh, First off, I'd like to say we've had a first uh, game or two and they've gone uh, quite well. We've had uh, new players join us each time and they seem to be having uh, quite a bit of fun. Yeah,
1: all the new ones that have come out actually came back a second time, so that's a That's
0: definitely telling you something's something's being done right. Something's working, yep. (laughs) Um, We've had um, lots of interest on the website and also in our other social media networks to uh, do more interactive videos and other types of uh, media to help LARPers all over the world experience LARP as uh, best they can. Uh, In our first early games, we were plagued with, uh, well, not really plagued. I guess you would say it was um, a blessing to have a first game that was in the in the 70s when here in Wisconsin it's supposed to be in the 40s. And it kind of set the stage for the second LARP, which was right on par as where it should have been in the 40s and windy and not as nice as a summer game would be. But uh, weather has overall been pretty decent. I mean, it hasn't rained yet. Um, there's been some snow on the ground with some of the games. And um, overall, it's, it's been pretty decent, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, surprisingly, we've actually had pretty de- two pretty decent days for the LARPing that we've done. I was actually rather surprised. Um, the first day was almost a fluke. I think it was almost 80 degrees, because I got sunburned. Mm. I yeah, think everybody I there got sunburned. Not thinking, you know, going from 30 degree weather to a day of 70 to 75 to 80-ish to put sunscreen on, right. which is something that we should think about, but mm-hmm. then again, who would think that 80 degree weather in the middle of, as we would say, spring here in <laughs> Wisconsin?
0: <laughs> yeah, it would have gave us such nice conditions. So that's something to think about when you're going out to your, uh, your LARPs to make sure you have plenty of sunscreen on. And we've also come into some new LARPers who uh, don't bring enough supplies with them, i.e. water, food, and that sort of thing. So we do have limited supplies at our games, and we were trying to wean a lot of that out as the promoter, but I think it's probably a necessary evil for the new players. A lot of times if you're new and you've never experienced LARP before, you don't realize how hands-on and physically active the game really is, whether you're just walking around doing quests or physically um, partaking in battles and, and uh, those types of things. So it really is an interactive game to the point where we do call it a sport, and
1: um, it's Water, Gatorade are things that need to be there. Yeah. I mean, and then you also have to realize you're there all day. So maybe you want to pack a sandwich or, you know, right. a snack or whatever.
0: Most games, if they're actually going to be um, real hardcore LARP games, you're going to experience them over an entire weekend, uh, where a lot of times food will be provided by your promoter. Uh, or you will experience an all-day game, which may not have food in it. So you would want to bring a cooler with some uh, beverages and some food. Uh, some of the things that you may be able to experience in some LARPs is the ability to make some of the Renaissance or fantasy type type food uh, on site, and that's and also a that also is a uh, a very um, adventurous and fun activity. So, but not all. Not all realms allow that, so it's uh, to the discretion of the promoter and what the game um, folks really want to do. You know, if you want to, as a player, adventure into that, it is something that can be done. Let's see, what do we have next? We didn't write a script. We basically just said, "Man, eh, we're going to do a tavern talk. So Off
1: our cuff here, so... Um,
0: you'll notice we have some uh, new medieval... Uh, Costuming, and we'd like to thank Battlestuff.com uh, for providing that. You can, what you see here, is uh, available for purchase on that site, and they are quickly growing into one of the Larpers' favorites um, as they continue to add more things to their site that you wouldn't normally find in other uh, Renaissance-style um, websites or online stores. So. They encourage feedback as well. They would like to hear from you, so uh, drop them a line if you see something you, you like that you want them to carry, and it's going to be uh, you know totally re- involved in the LARP sport. So that was my cheap, <laughs> cheap plug. Cheap plug for wearing the swag, but they got some of the best prices, so. When you go to like a Renaissance festival, that's something that you can expect is a price hike when you're looking at clothing because a, you can try it on right there, b, um, it's readily available, and uh, c it fits the theme of of that uh, that fair. But you will be paying 20 to 50 percent more for that one item a lot of times. Now that's not all the time; they do have some of the best deals, and again they have a captive vendor audience, so. Um, you can find a lot of stuff you can't find anywhere else. And some things you're going to want to try on, you know, like boots and gloves and things that are um, custom fit items. So, I'm not saying that all Renaissance Fairs have way overpriced stuff, that's just on most things, not all things. <laughs> and now the Renaissance Fairs has yes. <laughs> But. I know we're looking to go to uh, Memorial Day is rolling around, and we got a uh, tradition of joining our Renaissance Fair, our local one here in Wisconsin, uh, one of the biggest ones, Bristol Renaissance Fair. Um, and it is a huge fair with lots and lots of activities.
1: And again, pack your sunscreen.
0: Yeah, lots of it. Um, there is just so much to do at those fairs, so we definitely recommend you check them out on our map section, if you find uh, the map section, you will see that Renaissance Fairs are listed. And if you see a Renaissance Fair that's not listed, let us know about it or let the fair know to sign up because that stuff is all free to them. So um, it's a good thing to know. Let's go back to our games that we started playing um, and the implementation of our new uh, Unity program. Um, We're still working on the the rule set, it took us, uh, we're in over a year of development on those uh, rules, and basically, with the Unity program, we want to uh, unify realms and clubs, groups, promoters, into a common rule set, a baseline rule set, that allows a player to go from realm to realm, and uh, still gain the necessary points for that character to Keep gaining experience. Right.
1: Um, I mean, I guess we basically rolled out some of the rules just to try them out this last this last weekend, mm-hmm. um, just to see. I mean, obviously we can sweep zones because we have zones in our in our realm. In our realm, so you can sweep a zone and then basically rename it. You know, once if you have a group, and then basically we did some monstering <laughs> Which was actually, I think, getting back into this, that was probably the most fun I've had since, like, last summer. Yeah,
0: I would have to agree. We, uh, when a group wants to claim a zone in the Realm, the, the Realm is split up in the zones, and they're confrontational because we want confrontation, that's kind of half the fun. And then we have uh, a group, once you have a group that has four players or more, you can register that group or that charter in the uh, Realm. And just in the game and then that group would join us at our uh, meeting location to officially announce that they want to sweep a zone which we call the altar of storms and some of you may know that name and some people haven't told us to say to stop using that name so we're going to keep using it until we're told to stop um but the the group wanted to have it they had uh, how many players did they have they had, they had six six uh, six or seven
1: well, they had enough. Six, I think. They had enough. It was, to do it, it was three on six.
0: Right. And then the rest, uh, the three of us that were, that were not in their group uh, for this smaller, again, local game, we, uh, we were the monsters. And because we had to try to even it out a little bit, we were higher level monsters. And so we used our elders, who had more experience in sword, sword play and that sort of thing, uh, to be able to up the level for this uh, re- relatively new group. And what we did is we decided to play a the Undead Race, which is a new right. race that we rolled out with. And we had two of them set up with uh, special abilities. One is a necromancer. Why don't you go ahead and explain the necromancer
1: Well, um, I mean, basically the, the whole concept is that you can basically resurrect basically somebody that dies, basically, from sword blows to the torso or however it happens. The necromancer can then raise them as undead. So basically, you increase your army. So instead of us being three, we ended up to be like six against three. So the odds kind of turned. The, and I mean, that's the basis of it. I mean, we're still tweaking it a little bit. We'll see. For, how the, it for the most out. part,
0: once you once your XP is high enough and you can learn the abilities to raise undead, it's not a common ability uh, when you start out. It's a very hard skill to learn and to uh, quest out on, but once you do it, you are a very powerful character in the game. Uh, the other character that we put in the play, or the other uh, class that we put in the play, was the Death Knight. And the Death Knight is basically the warrior of the, uh, of the mm, undead.
1: Basically the paladin of the undead.
0: Right. And um, so once uh, the Necromancer rose, the player as an undead player, the death knight could then tell that player and command them what to do and it was you know we thought it was going to be hard to explain to the new players and they took to it it was pretty easy it was about a one minute overview of what that was and a lot of these players didn't have any experience with uh, mmorpgs or any other type of uh, role-playing so we think it's going to work out Uh, we're going to do a video on each uh, different class and what their abilities are, and then examples of their special abilities if they have them. So that way, a new player can kind of take it in a little at a time on their own time uh, in a video setting, which will allow them to um, you know learn as much as they can. The reason we have such diversity is just to you know really keep the game evolving, keep the keep players it a little more
1: spontaneous too. I mean, a little more on the create your own character kind of thing because mm-hmm. I mean really just swinging swords towards the end of last season, it just seemed to get stagnant.
0: hmm I mean, And the questing was, you know, the people who were writing the quest, the quest givers were getting kind of... Uh, burnt out. They were getting burnt out, so we needed to throw some more elements into the game. And we used a lot, I mean, we, we were able to talk with a lot of different uh, groups that are doing it and looking at what they have, and most of them are very, very helpful, and uh, we're excited to have another group uh, get started so that is one of the nice things about most of the uh, LARPing community is that they are willing to help out and they are willing to share ideas which is what we're really really focused on so that's a a really great feature we also did uh, some additional uh, scripting for the safety videos that will be available to um, all the uh, people in the Unity program, and basically it's a general overview of of, uh, LARP and how to play it and how to save safety safety in
1: general, yeah.
0: Right. So, uh, just some common knowledge things, some tips, you know, a little five minute video on what to do and how to do it. If every player watched that before they actually signed up and played their first game, there would be a lot less headaches um, Hmm. and a lot faster gameplay for the uh, people who would have to then teach them otherwise. So we're going to try to do a lot of that stuff as well to, again, make it so it's not as repetitious for the people who are promoting the events, the, uh, the volunteers who are hosting all the events, and um, keep them going too.
1: Right. So that'll probably do it for this episode. So thanks for watching, and hopefully we'll catch you on the field.